morning everybody so as usual my uh, relatively early morning podcast has been inspired by a question or a person um on Cora um it's also kind of been pushed to the forefront of my recordings list by um my stalker who frequently likes to uh, which I find ironic scream and wail that um my narcissist number two, um, was never convicted of the domestic violence, domestic abuse that he rained down on me for the two years that we were in a relationship. Um, he actually was. And I was his fourth at the time. I believe there's probably been more since then. There has to have been. He just was uncontrollable and uh, had no interest in, in, in looking at why he was uh, sexually abusive and violent and uh, coercively controlling and um, just all the awful things that narcissists are and because he was never going to look at all that like narcissists don't he's just he, he has to have abused well I know he's abused more women since me but whether he's been um, sexually abusive or violent um, I have no evidence of it although the fact that he'd managed to get 22 convictions by the time he was only I think uh, 40 um and I was his fourth domestic abuse-related conviction. Um, tells you all you need to know. Um, so I'll tell you the story about what my narcissists have been convicted of in regards to domestic abuse. And then I'll tell you why they didn't get more serious convictions. And this is because my, uh, like I say, there's a lady on Cora who, uh, she asked a question about, um, going to court, she chickened out the first time. Apparently, I don't, I don't, I can't quite remember. Obviously, exactly what she said, but basically, she had an opportunity to give evidence against her abusive husband um, and escape with her kids. And she chick- her phrasing was that she chickened out. Um, and then she, I think it looks as though the court or the CPS have picked it up and said, "No, you're you're going to go to court. We're going to make you give evidence against him," which is actually what happens in the UK. You don't you don't really get a chance to retract allegations of domestic abuse, domestic violence, but you can like write statements, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Um. So, I sort of I've answered the question for, her and I gave her my example of the fact that I also sort of chickened out really, which diluted the conviction that my narcissist would have got. Um. So. Uh, it was 2015, um, and if you're interested, I did write about this in Dangerous Normal People, Understanding Casanova Psychopaths and the Narcissistic Virus. And it's a classic example of why when women are abused, sorry, when people are abused by intimate partners and we've become trauma bonded and we've become convinced that they can change and that the reason why they're abusive is down to external factors that we can help them with, aka alcohol or exes or drugs or stress or workplace problems. And um, we convince ourselves that if we can deal with all of those outside stressors for our abuser, therefore they will stop abusing us. Okay. And that's a massive sort of, it's like a self-gaslighting denial, but the narcissist or the abuser has wants us to have that belief system because that suits them doesn't it because it means not only are we putting up with abuse but we're not blaming the abuser for the abuse and we're going to look after the abuser while they abuse us so it's perfect for narcissists to have to give us a belief system that exes stress money um mental health issues are why they abuse us okay and i was absolutely under that spell with um with both my narcissists really um, but they were different types of narcissists and the abuse was sort of different-ish, although they followed the same pathways um, and there was the same gaslighting and the same 
verbal abuse when they were triggered in the same devaluation um there was other stuff that kind of varied so um i'd left narcissist number one for narcissist number two like i say it's all in raw harrowing detail in my book dangerous normal people and um I'd been with narcissist number two and experiencing a lot of the narcissistic abuse that you get in the love bombing idealization phases and the and the early devaluation phase, which is all in that book. So there'd been loads of stuff he'd already done to me, probably like, I think in that book, you can get to about 50 different types of abuses or d- different things he'd done to um, hurt me and to consciously hurt me and repeatedly hurt me. I didn't know what was happening like many women i didn't really identify it as abuse like many women um and there was a cataclysmic weekend in scotland we call it september weekend because it's a weekend when all the schools are off and everybody gets a break um and the weather is usually good it's usually the last weekend of september um in 2015 and narcissist number two had had a what i believed at the time to be an alcohol and drug relapse um I'd caught him cheating, sexting, cyber, all the cyber sexting and talking with people that we'd met on holiday, um, masturbation videos, um, all sorts, right? All went, it was horrific. Um, And um, like I say, it's all in the book. But the, the thing that he actually got arrested for was a breach of the peace um, he should have been done for also for assault. However, <clears throat> I lied to the police, I think. <laughs> um, or they... Well, basically, I'll tell you what happened, then I'll tell you what he got off on. So basically, he was trying to drive his car again. I'd already found bottles of alcohol. I'd already found sticky alcohol, kind of sticky glasses in the back. Um, I don't know how many people he'd been driving around with then because... If he was with his pal, JD, he would have been in the front, but there was all stuff in the back. So probably young girls he'd been driving around with, highly likely. Um, And um, I was trying to stop him driving the car and we wrestled in the front seat kind of thing. Um, There was lots of tugging and pulling and pushing because he wanted me out of the car. He was adamant. He, He was drunk. He was high. He was absolutely livid that somebody he called the love of his life wanted him to stop drinking, stop drugging and come home. And he only lived across the street, so it wasn't a long walk. He was like literally across the street. Um, this took place in St. Alvish's car park um, in Glasgow in Cowcans. And um, I was screaming and crying. And he was grunting and swearing and calling me for all the names. And it was just horrible. And somehow he managed to manoeuvre me out of the car, drag me out of the car physically and drag me to, for me to basically fall, be pulled out the car and hit the, the car park floor, the cement floor, which is assault. Um, it was assaults in the car and then pulling me out and then chucking me on the ground would have been a second assault, I think. Um, and there were witnesses. The police didn't do a particularly good job, but they don't do they. Let's be honest. Um, and all he got done for was a domestic breach of the peace. So it is a domestic, it was a domestic breach of the peace with me as a victim. And bail conditions were imposed that he was not to come near me, speak to me, be around me. Um, he was put in 
there was other things went on that weekend, but eventually he was lifted by the police, put in cells for two or three days and um, presented at court on the Tuesday because it was bank holiday Monday. Um, I went to court because I'm fucking was a trauma bonded and all that. So I went to court all ready to apologise to him for reporting him to the police. (laughs) Like you can be, well, you can, well, just classic classic narcissistic abuse victim. Um, And the reason I'm doing this podcast is because I want people to know that this is why women stay with abusive partners. This is why we try to retract allegations. We try to write letters of support. We refuse to do victim impact statements. Maybe we lie or we downplay it to police. You know, I mean, and then going to court, you know. Um, so, um, <laughs> God. Um I'd convinced myself this was just an alcohol relapse and that it wasn't really proper cheating. It was just pictures and videos. And and it was my fault for trying to stop him driving. It was my fault for getting in the car. And I'd put myself in harm's way. I'd convinced myself of all of this in the few days that we had no contact while he was in cells. I even took clothes and his special uh, eczema? No, psoriasis, cream and everything. I mean, like, fucking hell. You're, You're classic domestic abuse victim. Um, to the police station. I took stuff to the police station from him and everything. It was just, oh. um. So, I actually then he came out of court and was 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 screamed and shouted at me in the outside the court and fucked off. Anyway, of course he was had all his pals and then his, his AA pals, his junkie pals, and his enabler JD, who is a sociopath. Um, and I remember going home absolutely dejected and just disappointed and broken and just and wanting to beg him for forgiveness. Like, what the fuck, Luz? Um, And, of course, once he was away from his friends and all the bravado of fuck Lucy, Lucy's a cunt, Lucy did this to me, Lucy, she did this to me, she did that to me, nonsense of a classic narcissist. He phoned me and uh, or, or texted me. I can't remember how it all worked out, but I think it was text and a call or calls and a text. I don't know. Uh, it's all in the book, anyway. Um, and... Uh, begging and begging and begging and begging and begging and begging like he'd never done before. So I thought it was over. I thought, um, I thought we were doing the right thing. I thought this this was the end of the abuse. He'd he'd had a nasty fright, had a nasty shock. I could save him. I could fix him. Um, all we needed to do was get rid of all these women, all these stressors and triggers, such as problems with um exes and child contact and money and his job. And I thought I can fix him. And then he won't do this to me again. Um, and it's a really good job that I, I you know, I'm going to support him. I'll, you know, because he then would have had a another hearing. I think it was a sentencing hearing, which was the next thing that was whatever it was, four, six, eight weeks later. And I went with him to that and I wasn't supposed to because it was bail conditions. And his solicitor advised me to dress really smartly and hold his hand, hold not his hand, but hold uh, not two's hand and appear, you know, supportive and all this sort of stuff and just make out that it was just a blip. Um, he'd never been abusive before. Um, you were going to stand by your man. All this was given, to, suggested to me and I was fucking lapping it up as a narcissistic abuse victim. Um, and he got six months um, good behaviour order, which of course, I now look back, he broke. But I didn't know the system like I know it now. So he should have been done for the assault, but he wasn't. He was done for the breach of the peace. That was massively then downplayed and he got a much lighter sentence because I supported him and I backed him up. Um, and then, and I didn't, I didn't know I'd already been abused to that point. If I'd, if I'd knew what I know now, this guy would have got the jail again. 
um, because I was his fourth domestic abuse. Um, there were other ones before me. I've seen his criminal record. My solicitor got that access to it. Um, so, and then obviously he was abusive again. I think there was there was some some covert sexual violence, which I now know to be abuse, but I didn't know. Um, all sorts of stuff happened, and then there was another. There was more assaults and screaming and shouting at me um, within the six-month good behaviour order that he had. But I didn't know the system. I didn't know that, oh, he's just breached his order. I've just left him. I should phone the police. Now, bomb, I'm all over it. I'm all over dates and bail conditions and orders and what you can and can't do and shouldn't do and who you phone and what happens. I'm all over that like Katie Price. I'm a pony now. But back then, it just... And I was in the mind fog. I was in the abuse. I mean, now this guy would have gone to jail. If I'd have known the system, if I'd have known it was abuse, if I'd have been as informed and supported as I am now. Um, with narcissist number one, he has also got a domestic abuse conviction. It's spent. Um, he paid a thousand pound fine. Um, and that was for a domestically abusive telecommunications offence. So both my narcs have been done for domestics. Um, again, a lot went on with narc. Um, one that was abuse that I should have reported to police. You know, from the screaming and the shouting, there was a, a couple of assaults towards the end of the relationship, and I just didn't. I, I I've been brought up in abuse in abuse contexts. You know, I was brought up. The police were never involved with my mum and dad, never. And there was times my mum had black eyes, big bumps on her head, scrapes on her. Um, I would. I must have heard hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of screaming and shouting matches. These are all domestics. And my mum and dad never involved police. So I had a belief system and a schema that not only is this not abuse, this is normal. This is just a rocky relationship. You've just got to stick it out, stand by your man, put up with it. But it was the fact that I also didn't think it was, um, I didn't want the police involved. I was brought up in a bit of a snobby environment where social work and police officers mean that you're scum. And I didn't want them in my life. I thought I'd, ra I'd rather put up with the abuse than have be embarrassed by having police and social work. And nothing I've said in this podcast is unusual to um, people brought up like I was brought up and people that have had abusive relationships like I have. I've told a very typical, very traditional story of narcissistic abuse, domestic abuse, and why our abusers don't get the extent of, of um, police involvement as they should. Um, and that's, that's absolutely, that's it. I mean, I, 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 I just, I want people to know that there are reasons why you don't tell the full story to the police. There is reasons why you omit things. There is reasons why your abusers don't get the, the crackdown or the sentences they should. There are reasons why women go back. There are reasons why we support our abusers through a court process. Um, and I hope I've done that with this podcast.